This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys, oh, what a treat. Get ready to take notes and get your ATM debit cards, all that good stuff ready, because I have Ekin Olsen from Carousel, and she has a skincare line, but she just doesn't do skincare. You're going to see that her skin is flawless, but you're also going to hear her story on how she went from a model to music to marrying a surgeon actually seeing surgery and you guys know i love that because i've asked my wife many a times can i scrub in and she's told me that could never happen (laughs) but i want to hear how she did it and you know and that she also went over through grief because her husband is no longer so born in turkey and raised in florida and now joining us from la ekin how are you doing today i'm so good kellen thank you for having me it's such a pleasure to be here Thank you for coming on. And I just gave like a glimpse of your story because I want, really want people to see even beyond the beauty because I know every day someone's saying, hey, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. But there is a real story. I mean, it's really a movie, if not a series. So <laughs> tell us, how did you get into the skincare at this level from becoming a model? Because, you know, that was never supposed to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely took a left turn. I think um, throughout my career as a model in New York, I was kind of taking notes and I was I was very lucky and I'm very grateful to have been around kind of the OGs in the industry, you know, all the experts, the best skincare people, the best dermatologists, the best plastic surgeons, the best hair artists, the best makeup artists. And I was just taking all that in. And before I knew it, I kind of had this really, really strong Rolodex of these people. After all the work that I was doing, I was in New York for almost 13 years working as a model with Ford models. So um, that kind of just parlayed into me turning this full fledged into my, my life and my whole career path, you know, because as a model in the industry, it's kind of like you're only, you're only separated by your accessories. And what I mean by that is your skin and your hair. It's like, how much post work do the art directors have to do? And if they don't have to do much, you're going to get the job because when they want a five foot eight brunette girl, there's 500 of us that show up. And then it's like, all right, who doesn't have acne, cellulite and stretch marks? She's got it. <laughs> you know. So I kind of figured that out really quick. And I was, I was at the same time, I was helping my husband build his practice and he was a plastic surgeon on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And he was, he was very kind in letting me kind of shadow him and watch what he was doing with his skincare treatment protocols. You know, I was helping him pick out microdermabrasion machines and bring in skincare lines. And I was having so much fun doing all that. So I just took all of that and kind of blended it into this brand. Wow. And, you know, uh, when I heard, heard, you know, about your husband, you know, um, and condolences always, but how, how did you, keep pushing because I mean for somebody showing you things that you know most of us will never be able to see outside of YouTube and you really being hands-on how did you say okay I'm going to take this even to the next level 
and and just mentally, you know, what are the steps? Because people right now with this COVID thing, people are dealing with loss in a major way and they're not knowing how to handle it. I think by that experience with my husband and losing him so early, I think it really taught me kind of to take everything that I have and to just use it in the now. Like don't waste a moment thinking about doing something, just go out there and start the process of actually doing it because the hardest thing is to start doing it. And I know that sounds so cliche and people hear that all the time, but I think by losing him and seeing how hard he worked, I mean, he went to school for over 17 years to get this degree and to open this practice. And at the end of his life, you know, he had, we were going from 72nd between Lex and third. And then all of a sudden we were building the practice on fifth Avenue, you know, and it was like everything that he had worked for in his life, he was, he had put into that. And, and to see him not be able to see that through, it was kind of like a whoa moment for me where there is no time like the present and the time is now. So. Wow. And so, I mean, in helping him build that practice, because people of course will say, you know, many physicians, especially well, male and female, they, easily find somebody once their you know practice is built up and everything is good but you were there in the grind so I guess you already knew you know the bottling packaging and all that was the the easy part for you then if you had been through that yeah absolutely I mean there there are things like even as a model people people don't really realize how how savvy you have to be to kind it's it's not just about being attractive it's about having a business acumen. It's about dealing with agents and contracts and schedules and, you know, getting yourself the best rate for a long time before I got with Ford, I was kind of just going with a bunch of different agents and I was even dealing with clients myself and I was having to negotiate my own rates. And, you know, so I think a lot of times people don't realize really as a model, you're still doing a lot of that in the beginning yourself. If you're not signed immediately by a big agency and I wasn't, then you're, you're grinding and you're hustling and you're doing it in a city in a Mecca like New York, where it's saturated, it's competitive, and you've got to be sharp and quick, and you've got to be on point. And I think that all of those tools that I learned from those experiences, I basically just dropped into building my own brand. And, you know, I didn't go to school for this. Um, I have a psychology degree, so (laughs) go figure. But um, I just kind of sandwiched it all together. And this is what came out. Now, building the brand and finding the models, you have kind of an inside track and probably, you know, Rolodex full of people. But I want to ask you, you know, before talking about that process, has things changed with the Me Too movement and how models are, you know, found and acquired and appreciated? Because I don't personally, you know, doing this for um, decades, I don't think everybody's been called out who's taken advantage of people. And, you know, there's even there's people who are still working to this day who have their stories and we all have our stories and we have to live with those. And, you know, whether they be regrets or things we wish we would have done or did not do. But do you think the industry has, you know, done a 180 from what it used to be? I think it's in process. I think that that's not an overnight situation. I think there's a lot of that still going on. And I think it would surprise a lot of people to know the things. Um, There's a lot of strange things that happen (laughs) in this industry. And, you know, you just, you just got to do your best to kind of stay in your lane and stay safe and keep, keep your eye on the end game. 
that's that's really my best advice in regards to that whole thing. Okay, because entertainment, um, it's not a clean business. I always tell no. people want to get in it. You, you, you know, we, we might look good um, right now, but it's not a clean business behind the scenes or, in, you know, in front of the camera being the talent. You there's things that you either do or you won't do. Um, you know, I tell my clients, I'll pick you up at 3 a.m. if there's an issue or I'll have you picked up, but we want to take care of you like family. So that's why we do that. But at the same time, we're not about to YouTube that and say, hey, we picked up so-and-so. Like, it, it's a real relationship, you know, that yeah, you have. Absolutely. And I mean, I can remember, I have stories like from when I was in Milan, photographers being so shady you know, it's just like next thing you know, that's like a, you're going there because you think it's like a beauty campaign where they're shooting your face and they're asking you to like get naked. And that's kind of when you have to be really you have to be really strong and you have to just you've got to be really confident in this industry and you've got to really be able to put your foot down and walk away from something no matter what the agents are telling you or who who is the photographer, because it's everything and in every industry, it's it's always there's always going to be power plays. Right. And I think that the sooner that you figure that out, any sooner that you figure out that, you know, you, you are really your own advocate, <laughs> that's when you can really steer clear of that kind of stuff. But I mean, if I was having a daughter that was getting into this industry, I would be very, very careful who, who she was shooting with, where, where she was going, meeting people, because there's so many people that take advantage of young girls in the industry. It's, it's a crying ass shame, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, two little ones, both girls, and they say, hey, we want to, this looks cool. Say, go to school. Yeah. Go <laughs> go to school and, and focus on that. And then also master your jujitsu that prior to COVID, they had to do three days a week because- I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, how yeah. to defend and protect yourself. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. So that's that's a shout out to, you know, jujitsu. And I think every <laughs> young girl especially should know how when you're on your back and a grown man is on top of you, how to get him off um, and choke him out and don't wait for the tap out just- <laughs> when it feels right. But that's my own daddy take on that. I, I was kind of, um, and I, and I went there because I saw an interview that you did and, you know, you're talking about doing a shoot and you didn't know it was going to be a nude shoot. And I'm oh, like, yeah, for L. Who, yeah, who yeah. would, what manager would not tell someone? Okay. And if the manager didn't know, that's one thing, but then the photographer, you know, beforehand, cause again, things have to be properly put together before you just show up to a shoot. You know, there's, yeah, they, they do. They take such advantage. And because I was doing so much body modeling, you know, they, I think that because I'm not very tall. So I wasn't doing fashion. I was doing a lot of commercial print lifestyle modeling and body parts modeling. And I kind of became like the body girl at Ford. And in New York, I mean, I have articles in Allure magazine just based on my career as a body model. So you know, I think they kind of took that for granted at points as far as what I would be comfortable doing and what I wasn't comfortable doing, you know, and because of the level of photographers I was shooting with, it was super intimidating, like to be the person that shows up on set and kind of puts your foot down and goes, wait a minute. Um, I didn't know that we were going in this direction like this. is, And I was young, you know, and I didn't I didn't have the strength and confidence that I have now. So it's like, yeah, in that regard, it can be really, really dangerous and you've got to really be strong. And, you know, it all comes back to I love what you're saying about being a father and teaching your girls how to defend themselves, because it really comes back to your upbringing 
and kind of how your parents have taught you. It's so important to teach young girls, you know, that they don't have to say no to everything. They don't have to say yes to everything. We're so eager to want to please everybody all the time. That was, and in that regard, I think living in New York City and being in this industry was the best medicine for me because I definitely grew up in this kind of like little tiny beach town and everybody was nice to everybody. And then it was like, boom, I got transplanted into New York City and it was like, whoa, I better grow some balls real quick or I'm going to get run over. And so, you know, that's that's kind of how that all went. Well, and can you talk about were you prepared? Because I mean, from music for you also being in movies and folks, these are movies that you can see on Amazon. So you can go check those out like my normal. Do you think you were prepared? And when your parents in a position, you know, were they in the um, industry at all to let you know? Because I'm like coming from Turkey, I would yeah. think that they would be like, OK, whatever. It's movies. We, we love Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatnot. <laughs> But were they able to prepare you at all? I think um, the, the preparation was just like teaching me morals and ethics and teaching me how important, you know, kind of building upon that through my whole life. Like that, that, that was really the, the foundation that they gave me my upbringing, I think was really what helped me steer clear of any kind of really terrible, you know, controversies in the industry. Um, it's so important. It really is for young girls. And I think my parents were always very careful and mindful to remind me that this was going to be a moment in time. This was not going to be a lifetime. And that was the smartest thing, especially my mom could have ever sort of, you know, drilled into my head was that, you know, get your education, get your degree. So I, I did, I did it simultaneously. I had a scholarship um, to only Florida state institutions. So I, I moved to New York City and I was part of that guinea pig generation that started doing um, internet-based university. So I graduated like that. I would be like in Germany and Switzerland shooting for Reef Brazil, you know, doing swimsuit catalogs, all this kind of stuff. And I would have to wake up in the middle of the night because of the time differences and take tests. And it was like, it was super stressful, but I had to do it in order to utilize my scholarship. So I did. And I'm so grateful that I have that degree to fall back on. Now, what do you think about how modeling has changed and kind of opened up for everyone? You know, you have Fashion Nova. I'm going to put you, even though you are an official model, um, and I know you've, you've re you know, moved on, yeah. but still on Instagram, you look like a model, you know, <laughs> and you have the likes of a model and, and a very popular one, you know, and folks can check that out. Links will be in the description. What do you think about how the game has changed it? It's opened up, but we also have, again, in the industry, Instagram game, you know, folks that are in a different city every day, you've never heard of them. Um, you know, some of these people, questionable backgrounds, <laughs> questionable, you know, if you, you, you hit them up, hey, you know, pay me and I'll go wherever you want. And do you think that type of, and I'm talking about Instagram floozies, y'all, you yeah. know, it, the, the game is, the game yeah, the game is has changed, but I want to just know, do you think that Instagram has been a great thing or should there be some type of regulation or some type of class? Because we basically have prostitution on Instagram. No one's talking about it. Backpage has gone to Instagram for some people. You know, you have that in the legit modeling industry as well. So it kind of, it happens everywhere. It's going to, it's, it's the oldest job in the world. It's going to happen everywhere. <laughs> no matter what's created, it's going to live. It is going to live and it is going to prosper. Okay. So I, I think, you know, 
trying to avoid the pitfalls of that is going to be a slippery slope. But I do believe that Instagram has opened a door for people, you know, they can continue working even when agents are turning them away. And in kind of a way, it's like, good for them, you know, good for the people that are figuring I'm all about the hustle. So the people that are figuring out a way to make money and to basically stick it to the agents that aren't representing them well, I'm all right with that. Okay. And, and that's your hustle spirit. And that's, be, you yeah. know, that goes to your hip hop background. Yes, folks. I said hip hop. It's <laughs> worldwide. Don't don't let the appearance fool you. She's done her, you know, she studied this um, in the, the streets of from New York to everywhere. I know that your hip hop background and in your music, especially your latest music, it's not just hip hop, but you have the Latin flair and the, the music. Yeah. So so I want to know. A few things. Okay. One, um, are you fluent in Spanish? And, and how many languages do you speak? And are we going to see music, you know, that are you going to be just collabing with Afro beats, then going to K-pop and just putting all that music together? Well, I, I actually do speak Spanish. I mean, I took four years of Spanish between university and high school. So I definitely, you know, speak a lot of Spanish. I understand a lot. I live in LA. So let me tell you, everybody's speaking Spanish over here. Also in Florida, everybody was speaking Spanish growing up. So, um, and then my background is Turkish. So that was my first language. So um, I definitely probably know more Spanish now than I even know of Turkish, which is kind of funny. But my first song that I ever came out with was called Turkish Delight with a Turkish rapper called Chihan Özdemir. And he has an awesome voice, just a whole awesome vibe. And um, so that was really fun because I was kind of taking, I love, you know, linguistics and putting different languages into music and combining just different, different sounds and making something just really unique, you know, not feeling kind of pigeonholed just because I'm a white girl, you know, that I have to just sing straight pop music. And, you know, that's so boring. Like, let, let, let anything come out that will. That's kind of how I feel about it. Well, you're the first person from Turkey that I know who has considered themselves white. So let you know, let's, uh, is that just, you mean on the, the surface in America? Because yeah, yeah I don't want my, I don't want to go through, you know, Turkey and get hit in the head and say, why did you not check her? Um, and she called herself white when we are Turkish, we are yeah. not, you know, they, they'll let you know, and they won't say it in English. Cause you know how Turkey is. <laughs> my dad's actually Turkish and my mom is not. So just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so th there you go, folks. Don't jump on me with that. Because <laughs> when you're in Turkey, one of the most difficult things that I have found, even just going through the airport, is someone to speak English or French to you. Um, it's not happening, you know, if they don't want it to happen. And yeah. you have to go about it a certain way. Because my wife, she tried to, oh, okay, I'm just going to talk French here. And I'm like... I don't know if that's going to work. And yeah, I love that. She speaks French. That's amazing. Yeah, she speaks. I mean, she's from Cameroon, so she speaks. My French is terrible. It, it, it's like my Spanish. I'm going to get by wherever I go. And that's if I go I, yeah, yeah where, wherever I go, I'm going to get by um, from Swahili to, um, you know, to Malawi. Um, we're we're going <laughs> to get by, <laughs> you know, we'll do. Yes, folks, we'll do Chichewa if in Malawi. Don't 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 be shocked. But now, growing up, you know, um, or being born in Turkey, do you go back to Turkey and making a song like Turkish Delight, which if you guys don't know, that's one of, you know, the great dessert and uh, sweet that you can have. The best. Yeah. 
Well, you know why I didn't say it was the best is because Turkish ice cream to me is literally the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just I mean, you can't cold stone. Get out of here. And then the trick that they play with you when you're trying to grab it as a grown man, anything that could, you know, okay, hey, I, treat me like a kid. It's all good. That's but, a- um, but yeah, do you go back to Turkey and, yeah, you know, sure. yeah, tell us about, you know, your relationship with Turkey. Yeah, my sister's there. I mean, I was born there. So my dad's there. You know, my entire dad's side of the family is there. So I used to go back every summer and spend the summers in Turkey with my dad because my mom and dad divorced. So my mom was in the States, which is how I ended up here. And then my dad was still there. And it was, it was such a cool way to grow up because I was literally inundated with just mad cultural experiences that I wasn't having. Like I was in this little surf town called Cocoa Beach, Florida. And then I would go from there to Istanbul, you know, for the summer. And it was like, whoa. And all I had was like flip flops and like sundresses to wear. You know, you know what I mean? How Florida is. And it's like, I didn't even have a jacket. I didn't actually own a jacket. And so it, it was just really, really, really different. And it, it really made me grow so much. It was a great experience for me. Wow. That's awesome. So doing music, how do you then pick who you want to do music with and then putting that all together? Because as you know, if you go from America to out of the country, you get kind of that American privilege and stardom wherever you go. So is it, am I going to make music for, you know, America or am I going to make it for Latin America, but Latin America and Turkey, even in movies have a very strong connection. You go to any conference, they all know each other. The buyers, you know, they're always buying novellas, you know, uh, (laughs) so, so, so I, so how do you make that connection and say, what market am I going to be in? Cause I can be rich in Turkey, but live in America and just, you know, shoot here and have it go out there I mean I never really thought of it like that to be honest with you I kind of just went with like what I was vibing at the time and and you know a lot of it has to do obviously with the music producers that I'm working with I mean I can't take that away from them they're really the ones that are kind of going okay this is where we see you this is what what do you think would you like to kind of go more in this direction or more in this direction and they kind of you know they give me beats and it's like you know it kind of just blossoms from there I would say but um I really love the Latin vibe I always have I love the dancing I love the music you know as Turkish as I am and yes I I pull from that but the Latin thing is just so it's so sexy it's so hot and you know I just I love it and it happens to be really happening so yeah it's happening in a in a major way and you know the video looked great and and are we going to see yeah more videos or more singles album what's the plan yeah definitely i mean i'm just going to keep collaborating and it's really great to be able to you know showcase my product line within those music videos and because i'm in major retail like macy's and dillard's you know it works really well as far as marketing for them because they love they love that that whole energy and it's it's something that really kind of makes the brand more relatable because it's such a high science brand you know kind of taking it down to something that everybody can understand which is music and sound um, it makes the brand really more relatable, I think. So I will definitely continue doing that to answer your question. And um, we just got to get through this COVID pandemic situation. I mean, it was that video that you saw, the Where You At music video with Vadir Derbez and Roxy Ferrari. Mm-hmm. That was the last video that I shot. And we had to reschedule that like three times. It was so hard to get everybody to shoot and to get everybody, you know, 
safe. And this was, I think like in June or July in downtown LA. So we were, it was really challenging to do during this time. So I'm kind of waiting it out right now and just seeing where the chips fall, but I'm excited to continue doing music. It's really feeds my soul. There's nothing that I love more than music. So yeah, for sure. Okay. And, and you know, we see the relationship between a lot of musicians and then having a product and let's just say, you know, call you what you are, an influencer, because you are, you know, using your audience to just kind of go with whatever passion that you have. And it looks like it's working out for you. Is Thank the you. goal, yeah, is the goal for the beauty line to um, then be sold only at high-end places, online? Do you want to take the Amazon Amazon route? What's your, your goal for that? I think um, I'm interested in Amazon luxury right now. I have to be really careful with the brand because we, we really gained all our traction and credibility from the physicians, plastic surgeons and dermatologists specifically. So I want to do right by them. And I don't want to just, you know, slam it out onto Amazon as profitable as that may be. Um, it can it can hurt the brand as well. So I think right now I'm definitely focusing on the direct to consumer model. I just shot an infomercial, which is going to be airing in about one week. So that'll be nationally. And I'm super excited about that. It's going to have lots of splices from my music. You know, it'll be really really a good time to kind of put it all together and just kind of really focus on going direct to the consumer because major retail is, you know, it can be dicey right now with the department stores. Well, I think, you know, shows like Shark Tank have shown us who who watch for years that retail, it's like the mob and you got to get permission and they're going to take their cut off top. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. But it gives you so much brand awareness. So it's such a slippery slope because you don't want to turn away, you know, mm. those huge retail giants. But, you know, my advice to anyone getting into this is be very careful what you're signing. Yeah. I, I mean, as a consultant, I tell people, do you want to be rich or do you want to be popular? And if you want to be rich. Good question. Yeah. 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 If you want to be rich, let's stay away. Let them come to us so because smart. if we, yeah, if we come to them, we're definitely going to, you know, pay that price and there's no coming back from making that first initial contact. And, and you know, and so most people I find would rather, well, it's hard. A lot of people want that to feel validated for all absolutely. their hard work. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it matters much, you know, and it matters just in getting the, the brand awareness and getting the name out there. It matters so much. I mean, Dillard's was so kind to us. They, they brought in our whole CBD line and all of their doors, you know, they brought our carousel pro line into all their doctors on call sections. Um, Macy's has been wonderful for us. So I'm extremely grateful um, to, to these major retailers. I, I really am because they put us on the map, you know, that it started with the physicians and then it kind of went into major retail. And now I'm kind of bringing it back to the consumer again, because I really like that approach. I like dealing directly with the consumer. You know, I love shooting um, infomercials. I love the television aspect of this and digital advertising. I'm really into all that. So because of my background, you know, it, it, it kind of is 
helping steer me and guide me in the way to really blow carousel up. Now, when you talk about the CBD, let folks know why did you choose to, you know, um, get a CBD product? And then for the potheads that listen, because I interviewed, uh, you know, a number of people who um, use recreationally or medically, yeah. but, you know, will there ever be a full, you know, one-to-one <laughs> THC CBD product out there? You know, we haven't really, we haven't gotten into that yet. I haven't gotten into ingestibles yet either. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's all about my focus is skin, you know, and healing the skin, restoring the skin's homeostasis. And really, that's what CBD is just, I mean, human stem cell extract combined with CBD is literally two superpowers going in and healing the skin. It's attacking the aging process as if it were a wound. So it's, it's incredible. The CBD benefits the the anti-inflammation you know helping with eczema psoriasis acneic issues so i just i i am obsessed when i tell you with cbd i think it's amazing and i'm so glad that now people are understanding and especially major retail outlets like dillard's which you would expect to be so conservative they were the first ones to bring cbd in like this so bravo to them for really seeing the future. No, that's that's awesome. That's awesome to to know and hear because um, you know, I mean everybody now is like, hey, we can get you off opioids if you can use this and if you, you know, people are saying they sleep better, so to have a product that is doing that is a great thing. I, you know, I, I want to tap into something though. What is your opinion on the um wave of we especially see it in all communities, really, with the plastic surgery has taken, you know, a new look. Everybody is getting something done. Oh, um, yeah. And now it's, you know, at least in my my world, it's everyone has to get their butt done. It's like, okay, can't have a, <laughs> can't have a big enough butt. Uh, let me gain 10 pounds so I can put it in my butt somewhere else. And I mean, it's not just the black community. I mean, it is oh, no. it's everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it, right? Yeah. So, so I, you know, I'm really into combining skincare treatment protocols with plastic surgery procedures. That is how I feel like you are going to have amazing skin and hair, you know, because people can do PRP injections in the scalp. Our products pair really well with anti-hair loss treatments. So I am a huge proponent of plastic surgery procedures and combining that with our skincare. Our skincare is basically going to lessen downtime and it's going to allow you to go back to doing the things that you love to do instead of sitting at home and, you know, I can't go out because my face is all bruised and swollen and da da da, all the things. We have the products that are really going to lessen that downtime and are going to speed up the recovery process, essentially accelerate healing. And, and I'm thinking of somebody when I, I mention this, who they'll, they'll watch this. Is there ever a time would you, you know, we know Michael Jackson, how many surgeries and he put two <laughs> on his hand. Is there any <laughs> time to say, okay, that's enough. Or you're, you're 70 years old. That won't even be, you know, recommended by a doctor. Do you think there's any like limitations that people should put on themselves? Like a drop dead date when you're like, okay, I've hit that age and no more like should there be a law is that what you mean <laughs> something like that even if it's you know a fashion law kind of like the you know no white after labor day type law <laughs> that's so cute and that's a really good analogy i love how you think but um i think that that's an individual process for everyone mm -hmm. um i think that our 
faces and our bodies change dramatically as we age. And I think using the right skincare, of course, I'm always going to bring it back to skincare, is going to really minimize those drastic changes in your skin and your the texture of your skin and your hair. You know, people really aging is really tough with the hair. You start losing a lot of hair. I mean, that's one of the number one things with men and women in the crown area, especially. So I think that, you know, it's, it's skin and hair. I think you can always just continue making better. Like don't ever stop. But yes, I do believe that at some point you're going to hit a plateau. And I think that a lot of doctors are going to say to you, listen, we can't do anything more. But I remember what my husband would say to me because he would have some of those clients where I would be like, whoa, like she is going to do her boobs again or like, oh my God, another rhinoplasty. But no, you know, it was like, and, and cause I was like very conservative about it. And, and he would say, here's the thing I've told her like six times, but the truth of the matter is they're going to just go to somebody else and that somebody else is going to do it. And they're going to mess it up. So it's like, and then, then she's going to come back to my husband and then he's going to have to fix it or try, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope with the plastic surgery. You've got to be really careful on this whole, like Instagram and all these filters that everyone's able to use is really making people want to look like that. My best guy friend, Dr. Gawkin, he's here in LA. He's awesome. He's a plastic surgeon, Turkish guy. And he is basically saying the same thing to me that these girls come in and they literally show him like pictures of themselves through these apps and it changes their features and all the things, their nose is slimmer, their cheekbones are more out, their temples, their forehead smaller, chin, you know, whatever. And he's like, they literally tell me I want to look like this. So that's kind of scary. I think that we need to back off that a little bit and go back to natural. And you see a lot of brands doing that. I'm not one of them because <laughs> I, I like the look of things that are a little bit, you know, modified. That's just my personal style. But I think that there is a limit to it. And um, you do see some brands that are really coming out and they won't even use images that have been retouched and stuff, which I think is a little to the other extreme. Well, well in the words of uh, Kendrick Lamar, let me see some stretch marks, something real. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, let, let me, let me feel the real. Cause you guys are beautifully made um, how, how you come out. And, and most guys, we're just, you know, we, we, we just, I don't know, most guys, I think, and people, people don't usually say this, it's deeper than just the look. The look might hook you, but yeah. to reel you in. If And I know women don't do it just for male's attention because people want to feel comfortable inside of you know themselves. But to reel someone in, it's really how beautiful you are inside and who you are. Um, and, and that could go, whoa, that could go to a deep place. But it's it's more than that outside. Yeah, I love what you're saying. But it's the outside that just first gets you, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure you have people around you who are only around you because yeah. of how you look or, oh, she's going to pick up lunch. And, you know, we all have some leeches like that and we have to oh, shake yeah. them and say, get, oh, get away. Big time. Yeah. So that, that's why I say that. Now, with all that the success that you've had and that you're going to have, because the best is yet to come, mm -hmm. what is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future? So I'm an avid equestrian and dog lover, and I've done a lot with Vanderpump Dogs. Are you familiar with Vanderpump Dogs? They have I am not. Okay. So it's Lisa Vanderpump from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's mm -hmm. got Vanderpump Rules. She actually has a charity where they're they're bringing 
dogs from Asia. They're saving them from the Yulin Meat Festival and stuff like this. Disgusting. Um, they're actually saving all those dogs. They're going over there, saving them and bringing them back and finding them homes here. So I am, and Carousel, I use Carousel, you know, to really basically team up with Vanderpump and, and help. It's, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. I, I adore my dogs. They're literally like my stress reliever. They, they're everything to me. I just, I have a little puppy right now that's 12 weeks and she's just been such a godsend, like during the super stressful time, I just hold her and it's like, everything feels better. So I think, you know, I would just hope that other people feel the same way about their dogs too. I think they do. Okay. Now tell me, um, the, are you saving horses from France and other places that eat horse? You know, I would love to get more involved in the horse thing. And I think that's why I brought it up. I, I haven't done anything yet, but I would like to. That, that would be the next thing that I would probably pursue because I have two horses myself. I'm, you know, I live and breathe. I would give an organ for them. I love them so much. They're like my children. So um, I think that if there's anything that I could do next, it's definitely going to be in the equestrian community. Okay. Okay. I just, I had to ask because, you know, I'm a, a, a very adventurous eater, but there's just some things I've passed on. Uh, I hope <laughs> like, was one of them. Yeah. 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 Horses and dog. I'm like, ah, no, I, I, it's, it's all right. And, but they're like, Hey, but you like alligator, you like ostrich and things like that. That's and it's where like, do you draw the line? I know people say that, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm not really a but big, you meat can ride it or snuggle with it. I think that that there's a clear, <laughs> there's a clear line in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. Just putting that out there for folks. Some folks are going to be like, wait, who eats horse? And had you, some folks won't even know if people eat dog. I mean, in America, unless you hear a bad joke, people will actually think that's a joke and that some places, yes, dog yes, is. Do yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, you guys are getting the game. Now I'm going to have all your links in the description box and I'd like people to go check out your products and purchase them. Um, and uh, as well Thanks. as follow you, um, Thank you so and, much. yeah. And support. Is there anything you want to leave us with? I'm just grateful. Thank you so much for spending the time that you have with me and for letting me tell my story. I'm very grateful to you. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. You guys have been blessed with the game. Make sure you share this with someone so they can feel inspired to see how entrepreneurs started, sustained, and succeeding in business. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. In progress, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We're in progress over here. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and lots, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.